Welcome to Fear and Greed. The week ahead, I'm Sean Aylmer, and as always, I'm joined by economist Stephen Kukoulos. You'll find him at thekook.com and on Twitter using the handle thekook. Stephen, good morning. Good morning, Sean. Exciting week coming up. Plenty of data. But before we get there, I want to talk about last week because there was actually some pretty interesting information last week around wages, around capital spending, and the detail of what the Reserve Bank's thinking. Yes, and in no particular order, I think what was the thing that hit most of the markets and their assessment was the, I'll call it disappointing increase in wages growth. Now, we had the 3.3% annual rise in wages in the year to the December quarter. The market was looking for 3.5%, and so was the RBA, by the way. So it just undershot a little bit, but it does suggest that some of the concerns about the wage price inflation spiral, perhaps uh, not as acute as were being feared. CapEx data, pretty solid, as we were alluding to uh, last week, that we had a 2.2% lift in business investment in the December quarter, and the expectations for future investment were were, were sort of upbeat. I I wouldn't want to get too carried away and say that they were strong, but they're suggesting that business investment will still increase over the next uh, financial year, which is good news. And the minutes of the RBA, well, that shock meeting um, mm. from early in February when they did hike and they were all hawkish. Yep, they were all hawkish in the minutes too. No surprises there. They did signal some of the hints of a slowing in the economy and global inflation pressures are coming off. But, and it's a really important but, but it was not a trajectory for a quick return to the inflation target. And that's why they were hawkish. Okay, main event this week. Where do we start? Well, I suppose the big one is GDP. That's where we better start. The big one is uh, GDP for the December quarter. And we've got quite a few of the building blocks now for that. The consensus seems to be around a 0.8% quarter-on-quarter increase, annual about 2.8%. So the economy is still growing, but not super strong. It marks a bit of a deceleration from where we were, say, in the middle of 2022. So that's going to be an important number that feeds into the assessment of just how the economy ended 2022 and whether there's any concerns that it's still too strong or conversely, perhaps it's weakening a little bit more than uh, we're all thinking. So as always, even though it's a bit of a, well, a retrospective view of the economy, December quarter data, and here we are, well, soon to be in March, we've got this particular position where we wanted to see where the economy was. Okay. So that's where it was. We do have more up-to-date information coming out, albeit January, but still, just how the economy tipped into this year. What I think has been interesting from some of the earnings season information is that definitely the end of last year was pretty good, but there have been a bunch of retailers coming out saying 2023 hasn't been so strong. And we do get retail sales this week. And the retail sales numbers are for January. So at the end of last year, the uh, November and December numbers were a little bit choppy. I think there's still an issue about how the Bureau of Statistics seasonally adjusts the bring forward with spending into the Black Friday sales, which of course fall in November. So November was strong. December was weak, according to the Bureau of Statistics. That was perhaps more of a quirk. So we'll actually get some flesh on the bones, if you like, and whether that was a a genuine slowing and downtrend in consumer spending with these January numbers. But as you alluded to, and as we know from indicators like consumer sentiment, which is really, really weak, that we're probably going to get some 
soft result. You know, I think the market after the minus 3.9% in December is looking for actually a small positive result, but that probably will not be enough to sort of change the trend towards, you know, a general deceleration in the, you know, the amount of money that, you know, you and I and uh, all consumers are spending in the retail sector right now. Okay, house prices. So it's the end of the month, so we get the CoreLogic house price figures. We also get um, home loan data and building approvals data. What's going on there? Stephen, when is the value of my house going to stop falling? Sean, I hope you're sitting down because we mm. <laughs> from the high frequency core logic numbers up, <laughs> up to now, you know, and we've got a, a day or two to go before we actually get the full uh, February numbers. But in Sydney, guess what happened in February? Prices stopped falling. They may even edge up a smidge. Now, don't want to get excited about one month number with, with a plus 0.1 or plus 0.2%, but after eight or nine unrelenting months where we were seeing large falls in house prices with Sydney being the epicentre of the weakness, it could actually spark some discussion about whether we've seen the low point in house prices. And when we look at the the Australia-wide numbers, of course, and the, the capital cities and the regional areas, it's probably going to be a small fall. And by that, I mean you know, minus 0.1 or minus 0.2 only and the reasons for that, well, it's clearly on interest rates. Mm-hmm. I think it boils down to the fact that our borders have reopened. Westpac put out a wonderful research piece last week showing how immigration was 400,000 in 2022. Those people had to live somewhere. We know the rental market's tight and maybe that's spilling over into house purchase. So there's this discussion about whether demand from this incredible growth in population is going to be enough to offset the higher interest rates and that people are sort of stepping back and you know, stepping into the market. Fascinating to see. Yeah, and one final one, just what I mean, I mean, it's the monthly number, but it's the monthly inflation figure, the CPI figure, which nowadays is incredibly important. It's amazing that such a young number could be so influential so soon. Well, the, the three things on everyone's agenda as we kick off 2023 is inflation, inflation, and inflation. Yeah, no, yeah, you get yeah. that right. You get the forecast right, or if the central banks can achieve their targets a little more quickly than we're currently thinking, then I think we can be a little more uh, confident that the economy will be on an even keel and you know, things like stock markets will be doing a little bit better. But yeah, So hard to forecast the monthly number. I think it's one of those ones where we'll just look at it rather than try to forecast it. But we know that for the month of December, the annual increase was at 8 0.4%. So that was a super, super strong increase. And again, that's one of the reasons why the RBA flicked the switch to hawkishness in February. I think the current consensus is that we're going to get a little bit of a pullback, perhaps to about 79 or 8% on the basis that January last year was a supersized increase of 0.8. So that drops out of your run rate. So if we get a 0.3 or a 0.4, you're going to be sort of uh, edging back to 8%. So look, the inflation's not licked, it's not beaten. But we want to see the early signs of that turning point coming through. Stephen, enjoy this very, very big week for ye economists out there. Yes, when too much data isn't enough. I love it. Exactly. I love it. Exactly. That was economist Stephen Kukulis, better known as The Kook, T-H-E-K-O-U-K. You can find him at thekook.com and follow him on Twitter using the handle The Kook. I'm Sean Aylmer and this is Fear and Greed, the week ahead. 